Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation, Greasy Bear Blues. I am the One P Shark. What's going on, everybody? I'm still at underscore Scott on Twitter. Nothing's changed, even though we're on the All-Star break. What is good, everybody? This is your guy, Trev, a.k.a. the Quarterman, a.k.a. the Chief of Staff. What's good, everybody? Hey, what's going on, man? I, I, I just flew in from Cleveland, man. I heard it's still cold up there, um, but I'm back. It's really shitty holding it down in the paint. What's up, what's up, man? Missing the member tonight, man. I got to have couldn't make it in. But we're rolling on with the uh four and four tournament we got going on tonight. So we are recording on a different day and time this week. Uh that's okay. Y'all still get the same great content y'all get every week. So we're gonna talk about all-star weekend. Um basically talk about you know the Memphis Grizzlies players that were there this whole weekend. You know, Desmond Bain was there Friday night for the Rising Stars game and the little game they had between, I think it was called shooting stars. Then the game, then Saturday night, he was in three point shootout, and then John Morant had his all star game on Sunday. What were y'all thoughts about their performances over this weekend? Um, really, in, in my opinion, great performances. I think anything better than not having a single member, uh, not having a, anyone from the Grizzlies like roster at all to be you know invited to participate in any of those events. Um, so just I mean, anything. If anything that they could have done was, in my opinion, would have been great. So, regardless of what you thought, how well or did not well um, Desmond Bain um, could have done, or you aren't sure, you know, John Moran could have gotten minutes, whatever the case may be. I think I'm just ex- I'm excited for the exposure. It's essentially what I'm saying. I I, I love the the talk that came around with um, with Desmond Bain in the um in the in the game that he played he played in on Saturday. John Moran, in my opinion, would have been the talk of the all-star game one for steph curry and the amazing run he went on so um i'm just grateful for you know them you know taking the time out of their busy schedule where they could be resting up and stuff like that and participating in the all-star festivity so it was good in my opinion yeah i think this is going to be the same thing echoed across for for everyone like we're just happy to have memphis represented in some shape or form in All-Star Weekend, so that's a plus there. Um, I was, of course, impressed with Desmond Bain's performance in the Rise of Star game, both in his initial game, the skills challenge, the clutch challenge, and, of course, the second game. Uh, really wish he could have gotten that uh, that pass that probably would have put the guys through over, but, yes, Precious Jatua, we're looking at you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, overall, man, I think this weekend kind of showed if – the rest of the world and already know that Memphis is here. Memphis is coming and it's not just Ja Morant alone. And speaking as Ja, uh, speaking for Ja uh, on his performance Sunday, probably six of the most impactful points uh, for the entire night until probably maybe the third quarter when Steph Curry was just decided he wasn't going to miss today. Um, again, it was just happy just to see Ja out there. I know there's been a lot of debate as to why Ja wasn't on the floor um in the last uh pretty much the last part of the fourth quarter for the most part and some could say is because first timers don't get minutes which i don't believe was so because you had two first timers who played 20 plus maybe he just wanted to just you know come out do a little something something and then just leave because he probably wanted to stay healthy probably had the rest of the season in mind which understandable so but in the end man i was just glad memphis was represented and uh represented well um, as I say, Memphis rocked Cleveland, man. So, wow, the Drew Carey there, um, man. 
I am, when you talk about the NBA, you talk about basketball itself. Again, we're in an era where you need a strong point guard presence and a shooter. Memphis has that. And Memphis, again, to everyone's point, it's already talked about that was on full display this weekend. Now, did did Desmond win the three-point contest? No. Did Cat get lucky? Yes. Everyone, you know, lightning strikes twice sometimes with people. But he, Desmond Bain is still a shooter. Look at his percentage overall. He didn't get invited there just because he did good on one game. He did good over a season, if not two seasons, uh, preferably. And we'll take that. You know, um, you're not going to expect Carlton Anthony Towns to drown, I don't know, three threes in the game. Uh, but if that shows offense, Minnesota didn't have at it um, in your playing scenario. Now, moving on to more important people like John Morant as well. Um, that 360 alley was probably the biggest highlight of the weekend outside of, um, sorry, as I'm listening to it, um, outside of Steph dropping with 50. Um, points and three points. I mean, that was magical. But let's not us for, let us not forget what happened in the end of the first quarter with a starter, first time running, first time starter as well on the floor. He had six points, three assists, um, lower than what we had said here at starting five. But at the end of the day, did he get recognized as an all star? Great. Did he win the MVP? He didn't. It's okay. Um, but again, we are showing that Memphis is here and here for the long term. Um, I believe to the point that we talked about towards the end of the game, what I've noticed, I feel like is like, if it's not your city, so to speak, right. Or you have any ties to that city, then you might get less playing time. For instance, if this were to happen, I don't know, let's say in Miami, so to speak, I don't think Jimmy Butler only gets nine minutes. And I don't think Darius Garland gets like 20 plus minutes or anyone else like that. So I think it also goes to that scenario. And also we're in Ohio. The whole reason that the All-Star game was happening in Cleveland was for the same one that actually wears purple and gold, which was LeBron James. So for LeBron to play anything less to me than 28, 29 minutes in the All-Star game was you you don't know LeBron like that. And again, the market is this Ohio, this is LeBron's town. Again, switch realms. If we go to Atlanta, it's Trey's town. We're in Dallas, Lucas time. Like it's all about where you're at in placement. And then I think that that falls in the hands. Now, Darius Garland had a decent game, actually, um, speaking of him. But, again, if this is in a different city, he's not getting all of that. Uh, but shout out to Josh. Shout out to that 360. Shout out to his three assists as well. But at the end of the day, this was about rest. This is about possibly recruiting. I, I'm going to say that again. Recruiting. Okay? Because we're still very young. And for guys that are getting towards the end of their contracts, seeing what intensity jaws bringing seeing the shooting that doesn't is bringing to the game all oh, these young boys locked in for another two three years under a rookie deal and they can sign for another deal and still give me money to come recruiting this is what they how the dream team did this is how they did in the previous all-star games in the past it's the same thing that's happening now so hopefully Ja, hopefully desmond we recruited well and planted some seeds that come to fruition I liked it. I really liked it. That's <laughs> uh, the same since Mrs. Jaw. I think it was a good weekend. And Mike, put some respect on Cat's name, man. He won me a little change, dog. <laughs> well, congratulations. I, he, I, I, congratulations. <laughs> Talk about he got lucky, man. Uh, I put money on him for a reason. 
I was gonna say that's who got lucky. Chargers the one that got lucky. Nah, well, exactly. And hey, hey, why would you put money on him though? Because well, he had low as always. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Exactly <laughs> why. Yep. He went out there and sprayed some things, man. Shout out to Cat, man. He got my respect. <laughs> and put some respect on Tim Woods too. Down two and a half out of the six of the six seed. <laughs> Be on the lookout. But yeah, man. I think uh people care too much about all-star game people. Period. Like, point is arguments about Ja and why he didn't play that much. Like, bro, first quarter, I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this with Ja. All right, he ain't going to play that much. I already see I just about to go. All right, cool. But it still starts spraying in threes. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm still in tune. Okay, cool. Why, why y'all care? It's an all-star game. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't get hurt. Let's go. Like, Yeah, he's he's healthy. And, like, we about to jump, get everything back up and running. So, hey, I'm cool with him only playing 18 minutes. It's, it's cool. And think about it. He only scored six points, and he had the two probably most spectacular plays of the game. <laughs> His two See, dunks. There, there you go. That was all that was talking yeah. about. He made that one point. He had the first dunk. That's all that was talked about the rest of the first quarter, literally. Like, bro, like, we put on. Desmond Vane showed out. He won the little game with uh, Tyrese Hatterberg, uh fellow, not fellow Memphian, but Precious Chua, former Memphis Tiger, decided not to pass on the ball, and Blew the game for the team because you saw he got benched right after he did that and they didn't recover because he was being selfish. But you know, hey, <laughs> that was hilarious. I like that as the coaching. I like that. <laughs> yeah, Gary Price took the mic right on out. <laughs> yep, it was <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. But yeah, it was great, man. Great weekend. Both of them came out healthy. We see them again Thursday against said Minnesota Timberwolves, which is ironic, the irony of all this. But let's move on to some Twitter questions. Uh, like I said, we we're a day later, so got a couple of questions. We, uh, we, we got one this week, but we had one from a previous week where we answered. He asked it in a way, I guess I didn't, I misconstrued how he asked the question. So I got Austin Moore. Uh, his Twitter is at AKM107 twice T W I C E. He said, What is the hierarchy or what should be the hierarchy of the four top four guys on the team? Hmm, that's a good question. Oh man, um, I go with Ja would be one. Uh, ja would be one just because I think he's you know amazing with the basketball in his hands. I, I love and appreciate the game and the feel that he has um, as he you know continues his his basketball career. So uh, I'm going to go job one. Oh man, um, hmm. I'm going to go Desmond Bain, too. I'm going to go Desmond Bain, too, for the simple fact that I think she mentioned it, like, you know, how well he's shooting the, the, the ball from three. And, you know, there's certain things that just naturally work in playoff basketball. Like, there, there are certain things that teams have um, to, you know, to kind of progress uh, throughout the rounds. And so I think it that's one defense and two, you know, the ability to, to shoot the ball. So um, I love what Desmond, bring, uh, Desmond Bain brings on both of those ends. Um Third, I would go Triple J. Um, you know, we talk about the unicorn that he is, and I appreciate, you know, how much he's improved on the, on the defensive end. Uh, I know that's something that we we talked about religiously when it comes to him. He doesn't his ability to stay out of foul trouble, and when and you look at you know his season overall, like his his fouls are down, his blocks are way up there. I think he may be leading the, the league in blocks, if, uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So he's there. Um, and I'm going to give you a name that would probably surprise a lot of people, but I think fourth is Tyus Jones. Um, Tyus Jones is 
dog. Sorry, I'm not sure why my dog just did that. Um, Tyus Jones. I, no, no, no. That the, that dog was yelling that Tyus is a dog. That's what I was saying. That's a dog. <laughs> um, but Tyus Jones, because again, he keeps that flow. He keeps everybody involved when John Moran is out there. He's able to buy John Moran minutes. And so, if there's one thing that you know we may be you know a little bit scared of is you know what does the team look like when John Moran's not not out there? And so. You know, how does the team, you know, how do they communicate on the offensive end? You know, how are they getting each other involved on the offensive end? So his ability to do that when John Moran is out is, is why I put him in four. All right. The hierarchy for the Grizz. Uh, well, first and foremost, one is definitely John Moran. Um, everything is is pretty much a goal, um, and it all starts with him. So that's enough said there. Um, I'm gonna stick Dance with Bane at two, uh, because of uh, there's a Bane at two because he's just as important as Ja. Like, Ja is able to operate, does what he does because of Bane's ability to space the floor. Um, he's working on his game a little bit as a shot creator, but you know, he's not afraid to put the ball on the floor if he needs to. Uh, but just with his shooting, how well he's been shooting the ball it makes everything that much easier for Ja. Um, Third, I will also go uh, Triple J. Uh, we just talked about him, the unicorn. Um, basically, the th- things he's done defensively and staying out of foul trouble for most of this season, um, you got to give it up to there. Uh, the last spot is really a no-brainer. I know he's been out for most of the while, and that's Dylan Brooks. If you want to go with the hierarchy, like you got to have your emotional your emotional leader out there. Uh, we're wondering and hoping to see how things are going to look once he's eventually back in the lineup in a couple of weeks. Not sure the date, but you know, March is around the corner. Uh, but he is that guy that, similar to what Tyler said, I mean, what Scott said about Tyus Jones, if the Grizzlies are not showing up or you just see that everything is a little lackadaisical, you need that guy, that quote unquote spark plug, if you will, that's just going to energize the team, whether to its benefit, where you know he's doing his thing on the defensive end, making shots, or the detriment, I'm not going to lie, because he's going to get his FGAs. So just, just, just uh, be ready for that as well. But, yeah, in the end, uh, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, that's your hierarchy for Memphis. Yeah, if there's anyone listening to this that believes that John Morant is not number one, then you don't know Memphis Grizzlies basketball. So, realistically, the question should be, how do we rank two through four? Because Ja is it. Um, and so for me, for two, um, I really love that Tyus pick. I didn't see that coming, nor did the dog. Um, but give me Dylan Brooks um, at two, um, just due to who he is. And he's severely underpaid, by the way, um, with his ability to guard your best player and legitimately make us have the opportunity to go into the playoffs. I, I still haven't seen that. And that was back-to-back games. DeMar DeRozan, Steph Curry. I, I just I haven't seen that. Um, and that and the spotlight was on. We needed those wins, and he showed up. So he's number two. Um, number three for me is Desmond Bay. Um, the three-man is him. Um, when you need 20 points from someone, it seems like Desmond Bain is always around to get you around that amount. Um, when you need a shot, he's there. When he's on a fast break, you don't know whether you want to stop ball with him or let him go past you as he can, his, continues to develop. And so give me Desmond Bain three. And also, he's not a slouch on defense either. Um, his defensive intensity has also picked up. Um, and speaking of defensive intensity, number four is 
my man Jerome. Uh, Jerome is in the house, in the paint, um, taking care of what he needs to do. The thing for me that will make Jerome come up out that four like this here and then go up. Just nah, to- bro, you got to clock out. Bro, it's time. Just just clock out for me. Okay, okay. And before I clock out, because you know, like if you fire a black person, you know you gotta tell me in advance because I can't waste my gas. But what I will say is the one thing for me that will elevate him from more of a four to me in terms of who he is on this team to a two or three is his consistency. He plays consistently well defensively, um, even when he's in and out of foul trouble. But when Jai is not there, when I'm looking for a second person to take on a workload, I should be able to draw it up for Jaron Jackson Jr. Instead of Tyus Jones being my leader, instead of someone else being my leader on random times, I wholeheartedly believe that he has the capability to do so, even if the offense is drawn through him. But I just I don't see it. Um, and so for that, he'll remain at four for now. But I'll kick it over to everybody else. <laughs> so, so, well, my number one is pretty obvious. Y'all be safe. You know 12 out here. <laughs> you know 12 out here. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> like she just said, nobody should have anybody else outside. Number one, outside the guy with the jersey number 12. Shout out to Drewski. <laughs> For real, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um. So the tough part comes between two and four. So to me, Jaron's number three. He had to for them to really go somewhere. Jaron has to be at least number three, and I'm putting him at number three. So it comes down between Bain and Brooks. You know, Dylan, one of them two, the other four. Who you want to buy when Ja? If the if they double Ja, who between them two do I trust <laughs> in the big moment in the playoffs or any just big game? Both of them have shown up in the past. Oh. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Desmond Bain and number two. Give me Dylan Brooks number four. Tough choice because I did see Dylan Brooks average like 25 points a game in that playoff series against yeah. Utah Jazz last year. But in order for this team to even make a run to make a legit run to the West Coast Finals, NBA Finals, I think that would have to be the pecking order. And Dylan Brooks can't be jacking all them shots, but he is going. He's going to anyway. No what yeah, I'll say expect them FGAs to be up. I'm gonna throw them there right now. I mean, I couldn't put this, I couldn't put Dylan Brooks even higher because the Grizzlies have played exceptionally well without him, and we don't know how thing. I know how important he is to this team, which of course I couldn't put him out outside of the top four, but we still don't know how things are gonna look when he gets back. Um, so but we'll get to that later as we, we talk about the Grizzlies moving forward. So Sure, sure. Shout out to Skyler for that uh Tyus Jones pick. That was definitely uh outside the box thinking, and that's legit because um ah, it's a shame we, we need to enjoy him now because he is getting yeah, paid. It's off I'll tell you that now. It's a wrap. Yeah, it's a wit. But uh our last question is from Memphis Uruguay, uh recurring uh question asking for our podcast. It's uh Twitter is at Memphis UY. You said, do you think the Grizzlies have a real chance to end up second in the West? And currently we are two and a half games. Now nah, I want two and a half, one and a half games back at Golden State. Yeah, I was about to say that'll kind of segue into the <laughs> into the into the next question or the next uh the next segment. But um I I believe that they do. Um I think they'll come out um 
what I'm envisioning is them coming out of the break really, really high. Uh, you know, they could probably go on another, I don't know, six or seven game win streak. But then towards the tail end of the season, I could also envision um, John Morant's minutes or games being cut. Um, I could also envision the Grizzlies saying, or and I would do this, I would not even probably bring Dylan Brooks back until maybe like two or three games left in the season, just because you know how valuable he is on the defensive end. And you want to ensure you got it. You get as many games out of him as you can, even if that means just, you know, only making him available for the playoffs. But I, I would think that they consider that when they think when they talk about bringing him back um, for, uh, for the season. Um, and so I think just because of all those particular things, I think those things will happen. And so I still think they would propel them into the second seed because you still don't know the status really much uh, of Draymond and, you know, not how the, uh, the you know, the context of that particular injury. And so, again, they may be on some like, hey, you know, we know how valuable Draymond Green is. We won't just bring him back into the playoffs as well, too. So then, again, and, you, and we've seen how the Warriors look um, without Draymond Green. So I, I think that alone will allow the Grizzlies to get the two seed. I'll echo those sentiments. And I think that game, I think, is in late March. It's probably what's going to determine who gets that two seed with that last matchup between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. Um, to Skyler's point, you really don't know what's going to happen with Golden State. You don't know the status of Draymond Green at the moment, so that's a prime opportunity for the Grizzlies to overtake them for the second seed. For the most part, the Grizzlies do have a relatively easy schedule. Of course, they have a got tough ones coming right out of the All Star break with uh, Minnesota and Chicago. Uh, but for the most part, for the most of March, uh, their their schedule is going to be relatively easy. So it's a huge opportunity for them. So I could definitely see them overtaking Golden State possibly. Um, so yeah, to answer the question, yeah, I think they could actually get the two seed. <laughs> To your point, Trevor, that game is March 28th in Memphis. Um, and I think that is going to determine some seeding right then and there. I also believe that everyone's what we said already is true, but like we have an easier schedule, so to speak, as the Golden State Warriors. Now, what we haven't discussed is we're only talking about the team that's right above them. We're not talking about the other team that's missing an MVP caliber player of Chris Paul. Now, do I believe that the Phoenix Suns are going to, like, blow it all up? No. But I believe in these next six to eight weeks, it's going to be challenging for them to continue where they were at, putting a bunch on Devin Booker, a bunch on Monty Williams, a bunch on Aiden. When they did that before, look where that landed them in the bubble, so to speak. Um, and so I believe we have a great chance of being second. I'm saying that's not say it's us overtaking Golden State, it might be us overtaking Phoenix eventually as well. Now, granted, it's not a lot of games, but this is the NBA. We've seen crazier things happen within a shorter amount of time. Um, and so I say that, but also, like you said, Golden State with the injury with Draymond, not sure how long that is. We know Chris Paul six to eight weeks, and that, I believe, is to his right hand, which is his dominant hand, um, which also takes effect into some things. So, again, yes, I believe we can. I just don't want us to just think of just one team that we may possibly overcome within this amount of time. I hear you, Sheedy. Hey, games, a lot of, it's a lot to make up to get the one, though. It is. It is. <laughs> it that is. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, it's possible, but that's, that's a lot. Uh, two seed, definitely. I mean, we're on the game and half back. We just simply took care of business like we were supposed to against 
uh, Penny Hardaway's godson, and them in the Portland Trailblazers, Anthony Simons and the crew. And we will be a half a game behind them right now. Luckily, Monte Morris uh, hit the game, hit the buzzer beat a three to keep us a game and a half and not put us in two and a half games when he uh, hit the game winning shot against Golden State right before the break as well. So, yep, uh, that's, the, that's my answer to that question. It's definitely a, a yes to that. And like Skyler said, it definitely segues way into our last topic, which is post-all-star predictions. This is when we give prediction on the record. Basically, for the we got twenty two games, so get your twenty two games remaining. So get your record for the for the rest of the twenty two games, and I guess the uh, if y'all can see the schedule, the, your actual total record for this season, that they don't get sixty wins, fifty five. I think the franchise record is fifty six, so fifty seven will break the franchise record. And what season do you think the Grizzlies will get? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it because what I had to say, like <laughs> for this particular segment, was I used it in the in the, in the beginning one. Um, I just I think they go 14 and 8. I think, like I said, I think they start out the gates pretty high. Uh, and I think they say to themselves, you know, let's let's cut back or let's, you know, let's just ensure we get to the playoffs healthy. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not even too familiar with the schedule and what the back part of it looks like, but I think just because, you know, that will be the Grizzly focus, which that would be my focus, um, is to get to the playoffs healthy. You know, I want a shot at, I, if, if I'm the coaching staff, if I'm, you know, Everybody, you know, makes that makes all the decisions with, for the Grizzlies. I say to myself, I really want to see how well this team is, or how what's the ceiling for this team. So I'm going to make sure I do whatever I can to have my full deck of cards available to me when it comes time to the playoffs. And so I think they'll, you know, they'll pull some minutes for some people. Uh, some people towards the end of the bench, you know, they'll get more minutes than you than um, than you than they. Normally would just so they want to preserve everybody. So I didn't go like 14 8, which puts them at 55 and 27. I think they tied the franchise record with 56. So I'm going to go uh, 15 and 7 here. Um, so Scott's point, I know I agree here as well. I do think the Grizzlies uh, coming right out the gate uh, gets hot, probably goes on maybe a 25 and 7 game winning streak just to kind of. Get things back up and rolling. And of course, towards the end, of course, you can definitely see, uh, of course, minutes coming down. A lot more, got a lot more of the bench guys getting minutes, things of that nature. Uh, those last five games in the month of April, um, I think only two of those games will probably quote unquote mean anything, and that's at Utah and I believe at Denver. Of course, at that at that point in time, the Jazz and Denver may be fighting for playoff seeding and things of that nature. Then they close the season against the Pelicans and the Celtics. Um, so I will go uh 15 and 7 would put the Grizzlies at 56 and 26, uh, which will be good enough for second in the Western Conference. <clears throat> you can go and wrap me up for second C. You know, write that down, Shark, if you need to. Um, you can also write me down, man. I, I'm feeling good with where we're at. Um, I believe that we'll secure what we need. That's a, the, the key is, can we secure our position before others do and not have to worry about how, to the point that my brothers made already, how are we going to play our players? Because to your point, the back end of the schedule, last five games, one is versus Phoenix, at Utah, at Denver, New Orleans and Boston. Boston may be playing for a playing scenario, so they might be fighting for their lives. New Orleans could be fighting for um, the Zion Bowl, for all I'm concerned. But Phoenix, Utah, and Denver, you know, those three teams, along with Boston, could actually be playing for an actual seat 
So they may be coming out a little bit more on top than others. Um, but I'm feeling optimistic. Um, Cap said there's no 500 left. Um, I'm give me 16 and six. Honestly, I looked over and glossed over the schedule. I see some games that we may not win. We're not a perfect team. No team has ever been perfect. But I think a 16 and six ending would be great, especially if we already locked in to a specific seed. That would be very important for us. Great minds think alike. 16 and six was my exact record. Um, actually, before the podcast, I was thinking third seed, but then y'all reminded me that Draymond is out and he will probably remain out and go state will probably keep him out because they know. Hey, we we champions. We can take them three seed, and we can go to Memphis and you know take care of business. So, um, but that's what's going to happen. And also, go state just like us with Dylan Brooks coming back to the fold. James Wiseman is now practicing five on five. He might be returning. So, just like us with Dylan, they got to fit James Wiseman back in. So that's going to be another uh, player that they adding that they're trying to integrate and try to figure some things out. So similar trajectory, but give me sixteen six. We were breaking the franchise record at fifty seven and twenty. Five. I want to say 60 wins so bad, but I looked at the schedule. It's get it gets easy. Like put it away. The first four, three of the first four are tough. At Minnesota, at Chicago, and at Boston, three of the first four. Then you go easy stretch, Orlando, Houston twice, New Orleans, New York, OKC, Indiana, all of them. Then you play Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Golden State, Phoenix, at Utah, at Denver <laughs> versus Boston. So um it's like a you know a jack of all trades type of schedule, but We'll be fine. Give me uh 57-25, the number two seed, and we'll be ready, rock and rolling in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and and Southwest Division winners. There you go. Yes, there sir. we go. First time ever. Yep. Great times. Great times here in Memphis, man. Well, that's it for this week, y'all. All Star Blues. It's not tight of the episode. It's where we on this week. So follow us on Twitter at the Starting Five and number five M E M. Follow the Grizzly Bear Blues at SBN Grizzlies and listen to the other podcasts on the network 3D Podcast, Core Four Podcast, GPP Live, and the Long View. Also look out for Q and A uh a roundtable posts coming out from Brandon Abraham, including me and Tails. Uh, we're both in that roundtable blog that's coming up but remember to follow me at the one underscore p shark and underscore sky lead on twitter i'm ready for the grizzlies speed in the playoffs pressure should have passed the ball i'm at the auto trapper oh yeah oh there's still a preposition so there you go hey i'm ready to get this banner hung where it needs to hang in the fedex form it's really shitty I was about to say, I wish they would hang a division banner, but they probably I was going to tell him, don't say that, and then he not be here for the banner. You know, <laughs> there you <until>. go. <laughs> <laughs> That's don't say that, then you don't put it up. You see what I'm saying? I'm I'm there like this with my hand over my heart and like this, and my 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 uh job goggles like that. Looking for but it's better than Jerome. Until next time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <great. laughs>